RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Ben Che. The top stories. Vitasoy says it did not issue a memo offering condolences to the family of the man who stabbed a police officer in Causeway Bay. The security chief Chris Tang says he's shocked that some people brought their children to mourn the policeman's attacker. And officials in Japan say two bodies have been found after a powerful mudslide hit a hillside resort in Atami. The beverage company Vitasoy says it did not issue an internal memo offering condolences to the family of the man who stabbed a police officer in Causeway Bay last Thursday before fatally stabbing himself. The man had worked at the company, and the memo caused a storm on mainland social media. Violet Wong reports. In a statement on his Weibo account, Vitasoy said it did not issue the memo and apologized for the upset it had caused. It explained that the document, which contained inappropriate content, was written by an employee and circulated without authorization. The company said it reserves the right to take legal action against that staff member. The drinks manufacturer stressed that it condemns acts of violence and will fully support the police investigation. The statement comes after two mainland celebrities who participated in an ad campaign with Vitasoy distanced themselves from the company. Earlier, Security Chief Chris Tang has condemned those whom he said were glorifying terrorism and encouraging violence following the stabbing. Speaking to reporters, Mr. Tang said he was shocked that some people had brought their children to mourn the attacker. The minister said the public should clearly see that they were, see that they were what he called evil forces trying to incite hatred. When you promote violence and ask people to come out to break the law, you are breaking the law. When you promote acts that endanger national security, you are breaking the law. Our police force and other law enforcement agencies will try our best to pluck you out and send you to prison. The condition of the police officer who was stabbed has now improved to stable from serious. He had initially been in a critical condition. A 24-year-old man has collapsed and died while hiking in Saikung. Another person, aged 50, also collapsed. They were both airlifted to Eastern Hospital by helicopter, where the 24-year-old was declared dead. The 50-year-old is now conscious. They were part of a group of about 20 hikers. The very hot weather warning had been issued earlier in the day, with the government warning people against outdoor activity. The Hong Kong Journalist Association says it will set up an emergency fund to support former Next Digital staff. It says nearly 1,000 workers at the media company have been dismissed after its publications, including Apple Daily, ceased operations, making it the largest labor incident in the sector in recent years. Officials in Japan say two bodies have been found after a powerful mudslide hit a hillside resort in Atami. About 20 people are still missing after a torrent of mud and water crashed through the city, engulfing everything in its path. The army has been called in to help dig through the mud, which is several meters deep in some places. The BBC's Rupert Wingfield Hayes reports. The slide was caught on video by people living nearby. Those videos show a huge volume of black liquid mud and debris pouring down the mountainside, engulfing a road, cars and several buildings. It appears police and firefighters were evacuating the area when the mudslide hit. Japan is a very mountainous and densely populated country. It is also in the middle of the summer rainy season and mudslides are not uncommon. Weather reports say the area had been experiencing continuous heavy rain for the last few days. 
Health authorities reported one new imported coronavirus case today. It involved a 39-year-old man who had arrived from South Korea. He was asymptomatic and had been staying at the Kerry Hotel in Hong Hum. New South Wales health authorities are denying Sydney's COVID-19 lockdown is half-hearted and say the nature of potential exposures being detected is often minimal. The Australian state recorded 35 new cases overnight, but only nine had been infectious while in the community. Chief Health Officer Dr Kerry Chant says she's been impressed to see people wearing masks and keeping their distance from others outside. It isn't a half-hearted lockdown. We are seeing the impact and the flattening, but we've had bumps because what's happened is we've had um, some super spreading events. More recently, we've picked up some people that have been infectious in the community for quite a while. And so hence my key message, go and get tested. RTHK, the time is now five minutes past 11. The opposition Labour Party in Australia says the country's international arrival caps are being cut because the government mishandled its response to the pandemic. The cabinet yesterday agreed to half the number of overseas passengers coming in on commercial flights because of the risk posed by the Delta strain of COVID-19. Opposition leader Anthony Albanese says it wouldn't have been necessary if the government had sped up the vaccine rollouts. This is a decision that is a direct result of the failure of the Morrison government to put in place appropriate national quarantine facilities and to get Australians vaccinated. Cardinal Angelo Bitru has become the highest-ranked priest in the Vatican to be indicted over alleged financial crimes. A judge in the Vatican ordered the cardinal and nine others to stand trial on charges of embezzlement, money laundering, fraud, extortion and abuse of office. They include his former secretary and the former heads of the Vatican's financial intelligence unit. The BBC's David Wiley is in Rome. Pope Francis promised since he was elected eight years ago to clean up the administration of the Vatican's own bank and the departments in charge of the considerable financial investments of the Holy See, both in Italy and abroad. Now, Cardinal Angelo Becciu, a former senior church figure who comes from Sardinia and was summarily dismissed by Pope Francis last year without official explanation, is to stand trial on fraud charges together with a bunch of Italian financial brokers and a Swiss citizen who was formerly the Vatican's chief financial advisor. Back locally, Education Minister Kevin Young says unvaccinated teachers might be ordered to undergo regular COVID tests. He said it would be unfair to students if most of them were inoculated but couldn't enjoy school life because some teachers hadn't gotten the jab. The Education Bureau is also assessing whether secondary students can resume full-day classes or play sports if the vaccination rate is 70 or 80 percent at their schools. England faced Ukraine in the quarterfinal in the early hours of the morning Hong Kong time, hoping to make the last four of a European championship for the first time in 25 years. The Three Lions boss, Gareth Southgate, says the team are ready. You move on quickly in tournaments and we've not got to the, the point at which we want to be yet. So it's not been too difficult really to refocus people. The, the opportunity is there, the confidence is there and the belief. And I think they're looking forward to the challenge. It's, it's actually, I think it's good to come away from Wembley now. Denmark take on the Czech Republic in Baku in the other quarterfinal. Spain will face Italy in the semi-final of Euro 2020 after beating 10-man Switzerland on penalties in their last eight match. 
The BBC's John Murray reports. Spain were the first team into the last four, but they made hard work of it, as Switzerland fell a penalty shootout short of what would have been their first semi-final at a Euros or a World Cup. Spain took an early lead when Jordi Alba's shot was deflected in off Zakaria. They failed to drive home their advantage, though, and with just over 20 minutes to go, Shakiri equalised after a mix-up between Laporte and Pau Torres. Despite Switzerland having Freuler sent off and Spain going on to miss chance after chance, it was decided on penalties where Switzerland's were marginally worse than Spain's and Oyarzabal's final kick took his team to Wembley. Italy beat one of the pre-tournament favourites, Belgium. The BBC's John Bennett was watching the game in Munich. The Italians won it with two great goals in a breathless first half. Before that, Leonardo Bonucci had an effort disallowed for Italy and at the other end, Kevin De Bruyne and Romelu Lukaku forced two great saves. Then Nicola Barella skipped away from three defenders in the box and hit the back of the net with a powerful shot. Italy's second was even better. Lorenzo Insigne with a beautiful curling effort from just outside the D. And then just before the break, a twist. Belgian teenager Jeremy Doku fouled just inside the box and Lukaku made it 2-1 from the spot. And a quick look at the weather. Currently it's 30 degrees Celsius with the relative humidity standing at 82%. And the very hot weather warning is still in force. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Vitasoy says it did not issue a memo offering condolences to the family of the man who stabbed a police officer in Causeway Bay. The security chief Chris Tang says he's shocked that some people brought their children to mourn the policeman's attacker. And officials in Japan say two bodies have been found after a powerful mudslide hit a hillside resort in Atami. And that's the news from RTHK.
go There'll be no value in the strength of walls that I have grown There'll be no comfort in the shade of the shadow's throne You may not trust the promises of the change I'll show But I'd be yours if you'd be mine 